fiction casebook podcast a podcast exploring stories of murder mystery and horror yeah it's halloween themed yes we're going to be talking about the new film uh poirot film by kenneth branner yes which is called a haunting in venice so it's a special spooky episode today yes and you are Oh, sorry, I haven't introduced us, no. but hopefully you already know who we are. But I am Bridget, and I'm here with... James, hello. Hello! Um, yeah, so um, we're going to talk about this brand new film. Maybe you've seen it. Hopefully if you are listening, you have seen it, because we're going to talk about the <coughs> ending. Yeah, um, we're going to discuss this film, uh, Haunting in Venice, and sort of spoil the ending. And we're also <laughs> going to talk about uh, the source material... Uh, yeah. Halloween party or the Halloween party? No, it's just Halloween party. Okay, just yeah. Halloween party mm. by Agatha Christie, and we're we're not going to shy away from spoiling that either. So yeah, we're going to consider yourselves warned. We're going to be talking about the differences between the book and the film and stuff. So we will spoil the book as well if you haven't read that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a podcast for people who have seen the film and want to hear what we think about it. Yeah. Should we jump into the plot then? Well, should we just? Okay. It's, yes. So it's so we were we were told. <clears throat> The film was based on Halloween Party, which is one of Agatha Christie's late Poirots. It was re- uh, published in 1969. Yes. However, it's obviously one that is tempting to adapt because it's set at Halloween. Halloween theme. And uh, I guess yeah. that's fun to a lot of the people. Definitely fun to adapt, I would imagine. And also very, like, season-y kind of film yeah. that yeah. will probably fill out cinemas around this time. Um, this is the third instalment in... Uh, Branner's, Kenneth Branner's series of Poirot films, yeah, um, in which Kenneth plays Poirot himself, and well, he directed Kenneth, this one. Your yes, friend we're on, Kenneth. We're on first name terms. Yeah, okay. Um, he directed this one. I assume he directed the others, but um, yeah, I think he does. I think he directs and acts in them. Yeah, so like uh, blockbuster Poirot releases. Yeah, um, which I would say you and I are generally in favour. We are positive. We are Branner positive. Yes. It's very controversial. Yeah, whenever we speak to people, they're always like, saying, oh, not the stupid Branagh Poirots. Yeah, which is weird because, I mean, if you've ever seen, like, Eustonoff Poirot or, well, like... Or, indeed, many Albert David Suchet Finney Poirots. Poirot, like, like, it's it's not serious business. <laughs> you know, we're here to have fun yeah, and solve murders. There's definitely been sillier Poirots than this one. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Um... But yeah, it seem it's funny how controversial it is to be like pro Branner in the Poirot community. I think it's one of those things where maybe Suchet has seen ah, as been yeah. made having made the definitive Poirot. So yeah, so so the, I've well, only seen yeah. Death on the Nile so from I this saw, series, but you've seen both. I've seen them both in the cinema. I, it must have been a long time ago that the first one came out. I'd say it like was the year I was living in Southampton. So. so it would have been twenty seventeen or eighteen. So it was right, sort of yeah, six yeah. years ago, yeah. So I went to see that in the cinema, and I remember... That the was Murder Mur- on the Orient Murder Express. Murder on the Orient Express, the first one. And I remember thinking, at the time, I enjoyed the film mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. but I sort of had a problem with the Branagh Poirot representation at the time. Yes, because he sort of ran around because wielding he, a gun. Yeah, because he was sort of like... People, yeah, he was wielding gun, and he was like doing a lot of action and I, yeah. I was sort of used to the sort of more sedate yes, Suchet Poirot. So I, yeah, I had a bit of a like, oh, I don't think it's very good. And obviously his moustache is really big in that one. It's supposed well, to be yes. really big. And also, as we've talked, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but in some of the Poirots, he is very active. And yeah, like, true, true. Even agile. Yeah, there's the one where he climbs a tree. Like a cat. Yeah. yeah. Like a leopard. Like a leopard, yeah. He's actually quite acti- active in some of them. So... We can talk about this later when we talk about Branagh's representation of Poirot, but I have less of a problem with it now. And we went to see Death on the Nile last year. Yeah, which we both liked quite a lot. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Like, I think there was, it like wasn't without flaws, but it was good. Yeah, well, my biggest 
problem that I had with it when we watched it was just the massive overuse of CGI. Oh, yeah. But, but I think it seems to be less of that in this one, COVID. so that's, that's a positive tick. Wasn't that because it was done in COVID and they couldn't go to the real Nile? I'm not sure it was because of COVID, but they were, yes, it, they weren't allowed to go and film on the real Nile. So they were like, so yeah, that's not a problem. Like, let's, let's just, we'll make a computer let's just Nile. Make an, just, It'll look like Pharaoh Rise of the Middle Kingdom. Yeah, it did look like a computer game. Mm. Um yeah. And there was like a CGI crocodile that <laughs> ate like a fish or something, frog it, yes. or something. Yes, that signifies danger, Bridget. Yes. That murder is coming. Yes. Um, yeah, and there was lots of like really, really fake looking, like CD-ROM game looking pyramids. Yeah. But, but you know, everything else about it was fine, like the, the costumes and saying were good. Yes. Yeah. In this one, we're like, we did actually go to Venice. I think. Um, I don't know. I assume they did shoot it in Venice because where else has those canals? Like, nowhere. Well, bits of it would, you know, had St. Mark's Square and stuff. Yeah, like. exactly. So it was done properly, like, it was more real looking. Yeah. Which is good, in my yes, opinion. Yes, agreed. Agreed. But um, in going back to sort of the broader context of this film, I, on the whole, we're enjoying these Brenner adaptations. Yeah, so just before, And I think we want to see more of them, don't we? They should do more. They should sure. definitely do more. We can talk at the end about which one we'd like to them to do next. Let's do that. Let's okay, put that in there. Right. Next film. Just in case Brenna listens to this. In case <laughs> you're listening, we have a lot of tips. So I wanted to establish before we started that we do like... Like, we're not Brenna negative. We like it. Yeah, we think no, it's I'm... good. We want to see, like, more cinema, like, um, blockbuster remakes of these things and stuff. Yeah. We like it. This, the reason for this is I wanted to say that because we're going to be quite critical of this film. Yeah, we didn't think it was a good film. No. Unfortunately. <laughs> there were good things about it, and I want to remain positive, but it, <laughs> I, can, I can't really <laughs> recommend it. What were we watching last night? Where the, oh, strictly on oh, yeah. we were watching where someone was it's absolutely going to, useless. It's, it's going to be like nice when we are... It's not that bad, but we're going to try and be nice. But there were a lot of... We had a lot of problems with it, didn't we? Yeah. Well, anyway, let's be fair. Let's talk about the plot. Let's talk about what happens. So Poirot's in Venice. It's post-war. He's doing his gardening in a rooftop garden in Venice. Yeah. And he's got a bodyguard to stop him from being harassed by people wanting him to do cases. He's so famous. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really famous guy and he's doing, he's, you know, because it's the whole vegetable marrow thing, but like transferred into a garden on a rooftop in Venice. Yes, and it's not before Pretty. the murder of Roger Ackroyd. No. Anyway, Ariadne Oliver comes to see him, the famous novelist. Didn't he say something at the end of Death on the Nile about going to grow marrows? And we were like, yay, Roger Ackroyd is next. Yeah, I, I guess. Okay. He, he did say that. Yeah, but, and we, um, we were like, yay, it's Roger Ackroyd next. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was like, just in Venice. Well, I'd rather they did this one than um, Roger Ackford. So, he, yes, Ariadne, Ariadne Oliver, Oliver comes ah, to see him. Yes, so Ariadne Oliver's in this film. Now. That's Played by Tina Fey. Tina Fey, yes. yes. Um, so Ariadne Oliver comes to visit, and she invites him to a Halloween party given by Rowena Drake, who is a opera singer living in Venice, who is... Who's also retired. Who's also retired, and... Um, is having a Halloween party followed by a seance with a famous medium who will be visiting, and she's called Joyce Reynolds. Correct. So at this seance, Joyce Reynolds makes contact with, um, what's her name? Rowena Drake's dead daughter. Yeah, she's got a deceased daughter yes. who threw herself from, oh, threw herself from the balcony. Into the into Venice the canal, canal. And died. Uh, but Joyce Reynolds makes contact with her and says she's been murdered. Yeah. She didn't fall, she was pushed. Exactly. Yeah. And then, shock horror, a minute later, Joyce Reynolds is herself murdered. Yeah. Not quite a minute later, there's some running around. And in fact, first someone tries to kill Poirot. Yeah. He goes apple bobbing <laughs> in a long list of things that Poirot would definitely do. Um, and someone tries to drown him and then stops. And before he can sort of come to his senses, Joyce Reynolds been thrown off the roof and been impaled on a statue. On a statue, yeah. Yes. Uh, so from this point it's clear that there's a murderer amongst them so Poirot basically locks them all in and he says I'm going to solve this murder and yeah. find out who's killed Joyce Reynolds yeah and that, that yeah. sort of sets and, us up for the and film. by they suspect that the, the daughter Alicia yes. Drake was yeah. murdered and that Joyce Reynolds 
knew about it or had contacted her. Yes, exactly. Um, undead and tormented soul. Yeah, the clear sort of setup is that this person had previously thought they got away with the murder. Yeah. But now they're like suddenly, oh, maybe someone knows. Maybe someone knows. Yeah. Joyce Reynolds is saying this. Yeah. <laughs> right. So should we talk about the characters? Yes. Mrs. Oliver. Yeah. Ariadne Oliver's in this one, which is exciting to me because I am a big Ariadne Oliver fan. Yeah, um, so this is um, the fictional, famous detective novelist yeah. um, who is effectively a thin veil for Agatha Christie in several yeah. of her books um, yeah. and often assists Poirot in solving cases. Yeah, she's like the second... So after Hastings, she's like the second person yeah, she's side, sidekick to come in and help. Um, I, I mean, like Hastings, she's quite comic. Yes, um, and she sort of says silly things. Yeah, um, she has a lot of quirks. I mean, this is in the book, as we're talking about at the moment. Yeah, but, so she in, has catchphrases like, if a woman were the head of Scotland Yard. Yeah, she's that, like, that. she always goes on about, oh, woman's intuition. Yeah, stuff. she always claims to know who's done it She intuition. always thinks she knows who's done it, and then she never but does. Changes she, her mind Yeah, she changes her mind times. a lot and yeah. stuff. Um, she eats apples all day. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now, she was quite different in this because, well, A, she was played by Tina Fey, and she was American. Mm. And B, she was not really a figure of fun. I no, say. not really. No. Not very. She's kind comic. of wisecracking instead. Yes. She made jokes, yeah. but the jokes weren't about her. Yeah, and it wasn't like she was Agatha Christie esque. No, no, particularly. Um, she. I mean, I quite like Tina Fey. I think she's yeah, quite yeah, good. She's good. Um, yeah. It's it's fine. It's an adaptation. It's just you know, it's different to the original character. It was definitely different, yeah. Um, I liked it less. Yeah, I've, compared to Zoe Wanamaker in. Um, oh, she's really good. In the yeah. Suchet ones. So we, I mean, we like that representation because she's much more like funny and. Yeah. I mean, she's just much more similar to Ariadne Oliver, how she's meant in to the be. Books, yes. Yeah. But yeah, she she was not silly character. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a problem. I just it wasn't what I expected. She was more just another character, actually. Yes. Almost. Um, so I guess we should talk about the Rowena Drake woman. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. an opera singer. She was American too. She was, yes. Yeah. Um, and her daughter threw herself from the balcony. Was she American? I don't, I don't really remember. Maybe she was English. I, I think she might have been English. Yeah, I can't remember if she was, like, I don't she was remember. English or American. <laughs> um, We've watched this like matter. three days ago. We've already forgotten lots of people. Yeah, I mean... Probably. I think she was. I think she was English. English. Yeah, I think you you might be right there. Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. She's it a. Doesn't she's matter. a famous former soprano who's been retired since the death of her yeah, daughter. Yeah, she's grieving. Yes. Um, and she's got this big old house in the middle of Venice that used to be. It used to be haunted. It used to be an orphanage. It used to be an orphanage. So there's, there's a this curse weird on the house. Storyline in it about how. The house was an orphanage and in the plague the kids were shut in the cellar and the doctors and nurses shut them there. Yeah, so the children put a curse on all doctors and nurses. So there's these ghosts of these children in this house and they just have a vendetta against doctors and nurses. Yes, and they scratch them up. And they they have like a symbol, a scratching symbol that yeah. they scratch into their victims. Mm. It's not very, very nice. It's unpleasant. Really. Yeah. Um, and they ghost, the ghosts of the children haunt the house. There's a suspicion that um, Rowena Drake is running out of money because the oh. house is falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess everyone knows she's not been working for yeah, a I year guess. or so. And this daughter was called Alicia Drake, and this daughter was going to marry a man called... Maxime Gerard. Maxime Gerard. And he's an American. He's an like, American oh. chef in Venice all flash and like yeah yeah he's of. a male gold digger yes and he dumped her because well so they say he dumped her because she didn't have enough money yeah i think there was supposed to be some sort of reveal that that wasn't the case but the reveal never didn't really understand came it. um and that's one of the reasons she killed herself also we are told yeah well she sort of came back to her mother and lost her mind and yeah then killed herself after the end of the relationship yes um, so he's there at the party too. He gets invited for some reason. And he's like a grumpy Flash American. Yes. Who, he's just like one of these playboy types, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's very rude to everyone. Yeah, he's very rude. Um, Joyce Reynolds. Yeah, so Joyce Reynolds 
contacted Rowena Drake saying, I've heard about you and I want to come and do a seance. Here Did is she my say, theme. like... I've spoken to your daughter or something. I assume so, yeah. something like that. I think, well, I think she might have just said, I've read about your daughter dying yeah. and I'm a famous medium, so if anyone can speak to your daughter, I can. She offers up her services, isn't she? Yes, yeah. and she shows up with her two Hungarian assistants. Yes, who are called Nicholas and Desdemona. Yes. And they are half-siblings. And they were refugees from Hungary. Hungary, yeah. A lot of the stuff in this film is sort of affected by the war because it's immediately post-war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joyce Reynolds is played by Michelle Yeoh, who was in... Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything Everywhere All at Once, which Which we haven't haven't seen, seen. but everyone said it was good. (laughs) It won an Oscar. Well, some people said it was pretty bad, actually, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know. We will not pass judgment on it, because we haven't seen it. (laughs) No, we would never do that. Um, Joyce Reynolds is the name of the murder victim in the book. Right, okay. Christie. Okay. So when I saw that the medium was called Joyce Reynolds on the trailer, I was like, okay. <laughs> yes, because in the book, uh, Joyce Reynolds is a child who gets drowned. Yeah, in the book. So this is something that we will probably talk about, but in the book, it's the one, I think, Agatha Christie, which is child murder, mm. um, which is unusual and... Um, they obviously didn't want to do it like that, so they've made it an adult. Yes. Um, and they've made her the medium, but obviously we know she's not not along for this world because she has the same <laughs> name as the victim. Yeah, so, I mean, what did you think of her performance? I mean, a lot was made of her I mean, she was fine. She wasn't in it that much, to be honest, because she was the first well, to die. she did a lot of, like, acting, didn't she? <sighs> kind of, but, like, a you lot know, of... hammy, I'm a medium actor. Yeah, hammy, I'm con- contacting the dead Yeah, kind of yeah. horror acting, I guess. Mm. Um, I thought some of it was quite spooky when she started talking in the voice of the girl. It's yeah. like she sits on the chair and like spins around, spins a bit. around. <laughs> Except she just kept spinning. She for kept ages. on spinning, and she sort of opened her mouth, and the voice of the girl like came out of her mouth and stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know stuff but, like that. Yeah, happened. and then like there were lots of crashing and banging, and yeah, the the windows flew open and so on. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, Who's next? The other people are essentially just like more suspects. Yeah, kind of bystander. It's not really clear why all of them are there. Yeah, so one of them is is the doctor that tended um, Alicia Drake when she was ill. Yeah. um, Who also is in love with Rowena Drake. So he's in love with her. Is that why he's there? I guess so. But it's like, why are you still here, man? Like, your (laughs) patient has died some time ago. And the son of him was there. Yeah, and he's got PTSD from the war, so he does things like throw chairs around for no reason. That was Jamie Dornan. Yes. From Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's how he likes to be referred to. <laughs> Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, what, what, which performance would you say was better? Who's, but, oh, who's no, was better? It, Jamie Dornan in Fifty Shades of Grey or Jamie Dornan in, in this film? Well, we recently watched some of Fifty Shades of Grey and it was terrible. <laughs> it was really um, bad, but... Um, I, you know, I would actually say I enjoyed Fifty Shades of Grey more than this film. <laughs> Um, oh no which is a bit of a damning indictment but I would also swiftly say that's not because Fifty Shades of Grey was a better film no it's It's a worse film it's just Fifty Shades of Grey is so bad it's fun it's a lot more funny yeah Um, Um, whereas this was I kind of just found this film quite boring Um, well I didn't find it boring yeah but uh, hang on (laughs) Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey was quite good in this film. He was he, good. He gave yeah, a solid a performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame he has to be in films that don't really use him yeah, to his yeah. best effect. Yeah, and it was kind of weird that he was even there. But, you know, I guess you just accept these things. His son is like... A creepy caring. kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know how every horror film must have a creepy child in it? Yeah. Um, that's just the thing. Yeah, he has like a 10, 11-year-old son who is... So the you know, kid is creepy because he reads... Um, yeah, he's just Edgar like a very Poe and adultish like, kid. He wears glasses and a suit and like hangs yeah. around in the corner of rooms going... But all kids would have worn suits then. Well, anyway, the kid was very... The point of the kid was the kid was very adult. Yes, and, and he, he was, was called Leopold. Just a couple more people. We have the housekeeper, Olga... Semenov. Semenov. And she, well, she's we, a Christian. 
Yes, that was her main that character trope. That was her motive trope. for yeah. killing Joyce Reynolds. Oh yeah, she just didn't like mediums because she's yeah, a Christian. Yeah. So that's why, yeah. But that's the sort of thing people say in Agatha Christie's. They go True. like, yeah, yeah. oh, you just didn't like it's that It's a bit person. of a thin motive yeah, for thin. lobbing someone off a roof, but yeah. <laughs> Olga Semenov, also the name of one of the other victims in the book. Yeah, she just survives so, this she one. She just so. is not related to that storyline. No, it's quite different. Yeah. Um, and finally, we have um, Mr. Policeman. Where, where's he on this? Vitali mm. Port- Portolalio. <laughs> Portfoglio. Or Portfolio. Something. Portfolio, yeah. Well, that would be a silent yeah. G, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, he is Vitali. a retired policeman who has been serving as Poirot's bodyguard, and it later transpires he was the policeman that pulled um, Alicia Drake out of the canal. Yes. Yes. So that's his motive. That's for his connection. Killing someone. Connection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he did some murder because of that. <laughs> Maybe he did the murder. I don't know why, but maybe. Yeah. So, um. Can we sort of summarise, like, what the tone was like? Why we feel critical of it? The tone was. So this was going for, a, like, a sort of horror. light horror. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, Which I was excited Wasn't it super for, scary? Um, you yeah, know, it was, it was only quite a 12 creepy rating. in times. It had like jump scares and stuff. Yeah, it had there a few were, jumps. Cool One of them times. really made me jump when the, the chandelier kid. fell down. Oh yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because I went to a, when I went to the hen party the other week that I sat at a table with a massive chandelier over it, and I kept thinking all the time like, I hope that's like safely secured well, to you the did, ceiling. You made it. It was high. like the size of this dinner table. Yeah, yeah. Um, the jump scare that was obviously the scariest, but it was in the trailer, so I knew it was coming. Was yeah, the, really stupid thing to do that. Like, don't put the don't scariest put the jump scare. scare. It in was your scary. Is that he's like washing his hands in the bathroom? Poirot. This Poirot. Is. It's hallucinating. Oh, left, yeah. right, and okay. centre. Okay, Poirot is. Um, yeah, it, well, he's on the poison honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we haven't explained the plot, so, but he is. It's he's, spooky. It's spooky because he keeps having spooky hallucinations. Spooky visions. Visions. Of, uh, Dead girl. Of the dead daughter. Yeah, she appears in the, the mirror behind him. the kids in the house. Yeah, and the stuff. taps don't work and he hears singing Ooh. children. Why is it always taps? Because taps are scary. Taps are scary. I don't know why. Yeah, I, th- I assumed blood was going to come out of them. Well, know. it's in The Shining. Blood yeah, coming oh, out of yeah. them. Yeah, when the blood goes... Yeah. Mm. Blood everywhere. But that didn't yeah. happen in this. Merely a girl in the mirror behind him. That was scary, though. Yeah. yeah. And the tap stopped working because it was a poltergeist or something was affecting them. Yeah, well, I guess... Well, there was a lot of water in the film, like water imagery, because of it, it being Venice and drowning and mm. stuff. Um, like where, there was you know, a storm going on. Yeah, you know the bit where the water was running down the wall? Yeah. It looked like when he was interviewing Olga. Yes. That was really creepy. Yeah, it's because it was one of his visions. I know, but it yeah. was creepy. I'm just it saying, was creepy. I actually, that was actually the creepiest bit, I might say. I think the film was quite creepy. I think that the, the horror elements were done well. Yeah, and I, I think actually The Michelle well, Yeoh spinning round thing was quite creepy. I think it kind of struck the right balance as well, because, you know, this is a Poirot film. Like, you know, you don't want to make it horribly yeah. terrifying and scary. You just want to make it, like, a, a bit of a horror. You want it to be psychologically spooky, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. But like, my point is, you don't want to make it the scariest film ever, because that's not what the target audience no. want. Because some of them are quite creepy and macabre. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it, for sure. it is... It was creepy. Um, it was quite thin on, like, plot and story, and... It was very heavy on the think... way it looked, and the aesthetic and the horror elements, and the look of the setting and lots of, you know, clocks being filmed very close and, like, houses and, mm-hmm. you know, like, decor yeah. and stuff. at one point the camera went upside down. The camera went upside down at one point. So the cinematography was strange. Yeah. I didn't like it, really. Um, it, it had spinny cameras and things, people being filmed from weird angles and... Yeah, so I, I got quite... Quite early on, I realised that we were going to film... We were going to be watching quite a lot of it from, like, th- sort of 45 degrees over their heads kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think it's sort of supposed to be unsettling, that sort of I, stuff. I really don't like it. Yeah, it's weird. Because... So you're sort of hovering above the characters, so you don't really make eye contact with them. You don't really feel like you're on their level. Um, it's weird. It's like you're looking down from somewhere else on the roof or something. Yeah, or up at them sometimes. Yeah, sometimes up at them too. So you, you, 
what I feel like when I see that is like, I'm not on the level of the characters. I'm not there with them. I'm not in the room. Mm. It's almost like I'm sort of like supposed to be very distant from the character. And it kind of takes me, it takes me out of the show definitely or the TV or film or whatever it is. I the, I noticed it because it was something I noticed in some of the later Poirots. They did it. Suchet ones. In yeah. some of the later Suchets, they do this. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it a lot in the adaptation of Mrs. McGinty's Dead. Yes, it's in a lot. It was obviously something that they liked at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, there was a lot going on in the movie, right? There was a lot of sound and effects and weird camera work. And basically the way I feel when I see a lot of that is I feel like there's just too much going on and I can't, I feel further from the story and further from the characters, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Because there's just a lot going on. Yeah. And obviously not everything has to be like a play with people sat around talking, but like when there is something like that, like when we've talked, I mean, we talked about the mousetrap and it's like, it's literally just you in the room with these people sat around on the sofa. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's something very like engaging about the simplicity of some of it because it draws you in when things are simple. Yeah, I think um, I think there was a bit of a problem with the pacing in this film to do with the fact that it didn't sort of get along like a detective um, mystery often does, where you go quite clearly from character to character. And talk about what they were doing, yes. what their motives might have been, and yeah, what their yeah. alibis are. There wasn't much detecting, um, was there? No, there was. A, I felt like a lot of it dragged, and because it didn't have those sort of little chapters that you normally expect in these mm. films, Which when it other, came to the ending, it felt quite sudden. It was like been, we haven't worked our way to this point yet. The other two were conventional yes. in their structure, so they didn't feel mm. like this. This one was like, it had to fit other things in. It had to fit in, like, the spooky bits and the ghosty bits and when stuff. It, when it started being the ending and he started saying he yeah, did it, was, it, it felt very soon. I thought it wasn't going to be the yeah, ending I initially. I, I initially expected it to be, like, a false ending and then there would be some more stuff. Very strange. Yeah. Um, it's just no. trying to be more than just a detective book, a yeah. detective film. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, as you say, trying to maybe more subtly have those, that information fed to you without saying, right, now I will sit down with the doctor. Well, actually, now we're talking about it, I'm sort of starting to see why it doesn't hang together. But that's why, isn't it? Because it's trying to do something else as well as be a murder mystery. Yeah, it's trying to be a horror film. It's trying to be a horror film as well. Mm. Right. And you start to like take away from the murder mystery element if you have too much of that stuff in it. Yeah, I think with that as well, like when it has this Poirot, is he genuinely being haunted angle, it again sort of takes away from the idea that Poirot is kind of infallible and will yeah. definitely know exactly what's happened at the end. Yes, because Poirot you feel like he's truly he's being very spooked. fallible in this. Yeah, yeah. Like, He's very, like, he's struggling, he's hallucinating. Yeah, he's seeing people that aren't really there. You're kind of like, people are, like how, worried how do about I trust him, him to like, yeah. actually know what's going on? I didn't mind that so much. I think because I'm not I, saying I minded yeah. it. I'm saying I think maybe philosophically it kind of un- undermines the role out, of the detective. You, you asked me about oh, was he really seeing the ghosts and stuff? And like because I just went in with the acceptance that it's like a horror film. I just kind of accepted oh, he's seeing ghosts. Like mm. it's a horror film. Mm. It didn't cross my mind that it was like going to be a twist that he's being drugged all the time. And that he's actually being hallucinate. He's actually hallucinating the, the ghost. Yeah, yeah. Because that is the twist. I mean, the, the yeah. Okay, so the weakest thing about it was the the plot, actually. Yeah, the plot was not great. So let's should we just sort of say to yeah, what's happened? Yeah. So um, effectively, so, oh, well, we should say before this is not the plot of Halloween Party. No, totally so different. It turns out that the murderer of Alicia Drake and everyone else was Rowena Drake. Um, yeah. she mur- oh, along the way, the doctor dies. Yes. He kills himself. She murdered Rowena Drake. Uh, Rowena Drake murdered Alicia Drake uh, accidentally. Well, actually, she didn't even Ugh. do it herself yeah. by poisoning her with poison honey that she was growing in so her garden. So she was like, the mother was like jealous of the boyfriend's relationship with the girl. Yeah. So she tries to get the girl back. So she starts poisoning the girl with this poisoned honey that she grow that she keeps 
like she keeps bees in the garden. Yeah, that sort of makes her mentally um, ill. And it makes you hallucinate. So she was poisoning her with that. And then one day Olga looked after the daughter and gave her too much of and the honey because she didn't realise it was poison. Yeah. And the girl died. So, so Rowena Drake chucks tries her out the to window. cover it up by throwing her up off the balcony. She put the scratch on her back and chucks her out the window. She put like the scratch of the orphanage children. Yeah. But then Rowena Drake starts receiving blackmail. She pays off all the money, and then when um, Joyce Reynolds shows up saying, I'm a medium, and she chatting about murder, she assumes that Joyce Reynolds is the blackmailer, so, she, so she, she chucks her off the roof. Yeah. And then she thinks maybe the doctor was the blackmailer, so she kills him. Or she forces him to kill himself by saying, if you don't kill yourself, I will... Um, yeah. I mean, this uh, is just, Kill your son. It sounds ridiculous as you say it, because it is... Yeah, I don't know why she suddenly thinks the doctor was the blackmailer. Is that does he say something? He must say something in the. I have no idea. In the film. I, I, there must have been some. There reason must have been. It must have been explained, but, but we've forgotten. Um, and then uh, Poirot's like, "Yeah, you did it." And what's more, you've been well, poisoning you me. It's not a murder; it's an accidental death. And well, the one person that she actually does kill is, is... Um, Joyce Reynolds. Yes, she, she does roof. kill her. Yes. Yeah, and she also tries to kill Poirot. Because Poirot was wearing Joyce Reynolds' clothes. Because <laughs> Poirot just decided, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk around I'm in gonna, a cloak and a mask. I'm going to walk for a around bit. in a spooky mask because it's Halloween. Like, and do some apple bobbing. And this, he just walks over to the apples and he's like, oh, I'm just going to apple bob. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's just not a very Poirot y thing to do. Well, it's because right? he's just been told to line yeah, up. He's like told by Joyce Reynolds, like, you should line up. Yeah. Anyway, oh. I just I'll do some apple bobbing. Wasn't imp- I'll show her. So it, I wasn't impressed with this plot. Like it doesn't really. So there's lots of things about it that I don't really like. Um, you know, I don't really buy the oh I'll kill your son if you don't kill yourself, and he's just like okay then. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I guess you know he's pretty mentally unstable anyway the yeah, doctor yeah so that's he could the only well have been on I a load of sedative painkiller yeah, things okay. that it wouldn't have been so bad I, I, even so you'd think he'd just try and stop her from killing the son yes actually. you would wouldn't you yeah he's like a grown man yeah. i just find it weird um yeah he's already nearly killed um maxime whilst Poirot's down in the cellar looking at Child corpses. Yeah, that was There random. weren't corpses, were there? There were like skeletons. toys and things and a load of there bees. There was a skeleton. Was there a skeleton? Yeah, that's what the bees were feasting on, like. Right, I okay. Think. Is it just that he was hallucinating again? To be honest, maybe. Poirot, you're all over the place. Yeah, the film was all over the place. Poirot was all over the place. Yeah, um, what's her name? Rowena Drake. Somehow she learned how to make poison honey in Istanbul. Maxime Gerard cuts himself and is like I'll put some honey on my cut because it's an antiseptic and, and then he, he tastes it, it and it's like weird. that's not wildflower yeah. honey so the the jig is up so I mean I haven't looked into this is this true that Turkish the, there is like a Turkish honey does it matter I don't know I'm just interested I don't know well it was very weird it was a very weird story yeah it was weird but do you know I sometimes I don't want to be like a oh, what's the word pedant no um like somebody who wants them to always be the same right yeah i a don't purist. i'm not a purist because i think it is a fun thing and it's like open to interpretation mm-hmm. and they're not serious books and stuff like they yeah, you are just want them to be fun. done well if they are just but it's just when when they go and mess with the plots they are never as good because agatha christie may have had some flaws they're, they're not perfect they're books. They're certainly the rarely plots, as tight, are they? The plot, when they get messed No, around. exactly. The plots are really good in Agatha Christie. And if you mess about with them, you can ruin them, I think. And and it's often not... So I quite like it when they sort of make them new and modern and mm-hmm. like um, exciting and even with the horror element. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's fun to add like new layers of meaning on them and to bring them into modern day and all this kind of thing. I have no problem with that, but so it's they alter essentially the whole thing and its foundation. So, firstly, you make it so it's an accidental death, not a murder. 
yeah. fundamentally changes like the nature of the story. Mm-hmm. It like makes it a lot less exciting to me because she's not really a murderer at that point. Yes, because true. it's just different. Also, I, we should say that the the doctor's son turns out to be the blackmailer. It's <laughs> 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 just pulling a a disdainful face. I just like that whole thing was just. Ridiculous. But he's not so bad because he gives the blackmail money to the Hungarians so they can go and live in Missouri and yeah. finally see the end of Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, did they not see the end? No, they've never seen oh, the no. end. Okay. I've, I don't know what happens at the end. I've never seen Honestly, the film. I don't really like films like that. So. Well, they really it. liked it. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, because they were singing. Um, it was in the background yes. at some point in the film mm. and I was like, Mm, that's interesting. Why? Yeah. Um, so the kid turns out to be a blackmailer because the kid, right now, in he the most provides for the dad. The most ridiculous twist: the dad didn't know about the poison, but the kid read the notes and he worked it out. Yeah. So it's like the the medically trained doctor father didn't know. Bridget, but, he's mad. But he's, he's a mad some, doctor. <laughs> somehow his notes were so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc, he can make good notes. You just can't the understand kid them. Can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> What was he writing in his note? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> strange, isn't it? It's an um, odd storyline, that. This could only be poison honey. Yeah. The child's like, yeah, it's definitely that. Was it in one of the Edgar Allan Poe books? Is that why? Oh, uh, yes, it was. It was. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, and also, we're supposed to believe, and I know this it's a film and stuff, Mm. But she loves the daughter so much, she wants to keep her for herself and lock her away in the house and be... She She's sort of, like, it's like a Munchausen by proxy situation. Yeah, yeah. She makes the kid so ill that she can't go out. Mm-hmm. And yet when she accidentally dies, she's just like, okay, just throw her off the balcony. Yeah. Just, like, damage the body and throw it over the... throw it out the window. And she's like, evil, oh. Bridget. She's just a baddie. It's just not very plausible behaviour. No, it's not. It's you feel not. like she'd just cover it up. Yeah, you'd also think, like, some other things would have happened in her life before yeah. getting to this point. And nobody noticed the honey before. That's because she wasn't growing it before. No, I mean, nobody understood that's why the the child was getting... Ill. Yeah, because she only had this doctor in to care for her. Yeah. Because no one else would go there because so you she was get living in a haunted house. what you house. do if you're, like... She's sneaky... living in a haunted house that kills doctors. Yeah, oh so yes. So she could only get Jamie Dornan <laughs> the... in because he loves her. Yes, so Jane and, uh, Jamie Dornan's use... in love. Handfully, with... he's also totally useless. useless. So yeah. You can't work out the so poisoning. You, if you're a Munchausen mother, yeah. you get in a useless doctor yes, exactly. who's in love with you. Correct, yeah. yes. That's a good point. And she, he, she just happens to have one but make in sure... her phone book. Yeah. Just make sure his notes aren't too detailed because yeah, that's that's the critical flaw. She should have dealt with his notes, right? Joyce Reynolds. They don't actually know anything about this man. No, she was in so league they're... with Tina Fey. So again, I don't know what your opinion on this is, but again, this is something that to me, like I don't mind changing the context, the characters, the scenes, the settings. I don't mind those things, but I do mind sort of fundamentally altering the nature of the story. So Ariadne Oliver is like, she's kind of bad in this. Yeah, she tricks Poirot. When we came out, you said that was something you couldn't get on board with. No, I don't think it's good because Poirot is supposed to have like some recurring friends who are basically true friends and, you know, you know as the viewer that you can trust them. Yeah, you could trust them. You know, they might get accused or pointed out that they don't have an alibi. Yeah. But, you know, you know really it's, it's... it's nice to have those characters. Yeah, so I, I didn't like that. Just, you know, you feel like you've sort of travelled with these characters, you've sort of lived with them for a long time if you've read mm. the books and watched the TV shows and the films and stuff. You feel like you know them quite well and to have Ariadne Oliver like betray Poirot was like disappointing, I found. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's yeah, sort of undermine, we it undermines it a lot. I thought. I agree. I agree. So she she wanted another story. So she like she orchestrated the whole thing. yeah a very realistic seance to try and trick, trick Poirot, Poirot into so that she can make a spectacle of him. Yeah, and yeah. then use that as inspiration for her next novel because her books have been not doing so well lately. Mm. 
Um, we like the characters to be good if we know they're good already. Mm-hmm. It's just important. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I... like if Watson turned out to be the murderer in Sherlock Holmes, right? Yeah, well, I you mean, would he wouldn't turn out so to be the murderer, annoyed. but turned out to, like, do something that's yeah. so totally out of character yeah, that you're you no just... longer on Watson's side. It would just... You'd be like... you feel let down by that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Joyce Reynolds, I was going to say... Yes. She on. actually knew nothing about this crime. <laughs> She's very unlucky. Unlucky. Her. Unlucky. Yeah. So don't go around pretending you do well she says i noticed in this because she she's talking about how she communes with the spirits and stuff mm-hmm. and she says in it the words that joyce reynolds the child says in the books which is i saw a murder yeah and because she means in the film she means like i saw it like in my medium job <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the, they kind of preserved that line i thought deliberately um so because Rowena Drake is so worried that Joyce Reynolds is the blackmailer, mm. she immediately just goes to kill her yeah. after the seance. Yes. And for some reason, Joyce Reynolds has like given her cape and um, mask to Poirot, and Poirot's like put it on. <laughs> and he goes to do some apple bobbing because yeah. it's fun. Mm. Um, and then. <laughs> An un at the time you don't know that like an unknown figure all dressed in black comes from behind and like tries to drown him yeah. with the apple bobbing mm. um, and he like struggles and then eventually she like lets him go. Yeah, she realizes it's not Joyce Reynolds. Yeah, and... somehow she figures it out. Yeah, I do like when people try and kill or threaten Poirot. It is it, funny. It is always yeah. funny. It is funny. There's just something funny about it. I think because Poirot is like so dignified all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's like such an affront to <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, he's got he's got a little bit of that. Um, what's the word? Like, um, he's a bit self-important, so mm-hmm. it's quite funny when he gets taken down a bit. <laughs> when he gets rough, <laughs> roughed up a bit, <laughs> nearly murdered, <laughs> and he like lies on the floor. <laughs> but like when um, what's his name, Bill Murray gets slimed and goes past. He's <laughs> very like that, like. It's quite similar to that. Um, so another thing that's interesting about that is that in the book, that is the method of yeah, murder. Yeah. So in the yeah. book, the girl gets drowned, drowned in, in, an apple bobbing in the apple pool. bobbing bucket. Yeah, horrible. So it was very strange, I thought, that they kept that in, but they didn't make it. I guess it's like such a gimmicky, hooky thing. Like, mm. you know, it's, it's worth keeping. But I think it's worth they keeping. should probably have just had one go of it. It felt strange to... Yeah, I mean, maybe Joyce Reynolds should have just been drowned in the apple bobbing pool. I yeah. think that would have been better. Although that, then the Joyce Reynolds would have had to be apple bobbing, and that's even more ridiculous. <laughs> they could have found a way of making this not ridiculous if they tried, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just thought it was strange that they kept it in, but they didn't make it the murder. Do you think it was strange how they were living for years in this house and didn't realise there was a basement? Especially because the cellar was like part of the story about the kids. Yeah. But they just were like, oh, I no, there's no basement in this didn't house. know there was a cellar in the house, even yeah. though that's part of the story you tell everyone. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they, they, nothing even came of the cellar. There was nothing no, down there. No, it was just they like just sort of went into horror. the cellar for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, but I think with the apple bobbing, I feel, I don't know how this happened, but I think that it, I imagine like a writer's room where... They have people in her like, you can't have that be the murder. It's not exciting enough. We want the we want woman to go over the balcony. We want it to be impaled on a statue because it's exciting and gruesome. Because it was quite gruesome, actually. Hmm. Um, and I, I just imagine there's someone else in the room going, no, no, we need to keep it. For whatever reason, they really want to keep it. I guess because it's like they an integral, like, major part of that story and they compromised by doing both and yeah. that was quite weird i thought yeah i agree i agree i thought you know yeah they're trying to do, kill poirot as like a do one or the other a... it felt like a weird felt like a weird compromise i thought like it was obvious that it was like i don't know in halloween party she drops a vase of flowers on top of the stairs Marina mm-hmm. drake and um she gets covered in water, and it, that's how she explains being covered in water. But actually, the reason she's covered in water is because she's, she's drowned. drowned a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just find it weird that they took it out. Like, mm. and if they didn't, and 
even if they took it out, I find it weirder that they just didn't commit to the new death being mm. the death. So I don't know. I just found it odd. I just felt like quite a lot of the issues with the plot and with the film were around like it just felt like maybe the writers hadn't had enough time to figure out how to make it really good. Yeah, it it had the feeling of like a a lot of ideas being thrown in yeah. quickly and therefore a lot of them were quite inconsequential and didn't relate to each other. Yeah. And and one change that I think I I may be completely wrong that I think is affecting how they changed the Agatha Christie's is I think that they are squeamish about some of the themes in these books and I think they don't, for example, want a child murder. Well, obviously. They don't want the mother to kill the daughter. Mm. So they make it accidental. Yeah. Um, I get the sense in some of these newer adaptations that there is like a squeamishness about people, characters being really bad. Yeah, I I think you may be right. There was something in The Guardian about that a while oh, ago, really? about those, how there's no baddies in films anymore. Yeah, I really think that in some of these like modern murder mysteries, like people, <clears throat> or like even the adaptations of the Sujet ones and with this and stuff, I, I think sometimes I get the sense that the changes relate to not wanting to have really unpleasant things happen and really bad characters. And... I, I personally think that you're right, but I think there's also an issue in modern storytelling and books and films and TV, which is that people just think that having an anti-hero is just better really than a villain. It's just, yeah. it's just objectively more interesting yeah. and more... Um, impactful if really it's just a troubled person yeah. who does something wrong and they're just yeah. it's, people have become addicted to this trope and as a result every villain is actually just someone who you know is an anti-hero yeah so summarize there's like an older woman rowena drake who has fallen in love with a young man this is, who, yeah the book sorry yeah, yeah this is the book she's fallen in love with a young man the gardener mm-hmm. and she's going to inherit from her elderly relative, yes. her elderly aunt or something. Um, but when when the aunt finds out about this affair, she cuts her off and she gives everything to... Her loyal housekeeper. Like a companion yeah. who is like Olga. Yeah. And then the, the gardener and Rowena kill... Olga. Olga. So they'll inherit the money. But a child sees them yes. burying the body in the mm. garden. This is why the garden was significant in the film, I yeah. think. Um. And it's all about the garden and um, the kid tells her friend and her friend's like a real gobby kid. and yeah, like who wants attention. Wants attention, so she pretends it was her who saw the murder and she ends up dead because... Yeah, so they kill her. They, yeah, they think that she's seen it. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the plot. So, I, I mean, they could have really done... So- I thought it was going to be that the mother killed the daughter because she was going to run off with the flashy boyfriend i actually thought that was going to be yeah well that's effectively what it was but they just watered it down they made it much more less like unpleasant i suppose yeah well i think i think people just you know are obsessed with the idea that oh if it's just a murderer then it's boring yeah we have to have shades in this it can't Mm. just be a bad person but there are like i mean there are shades in halloween party i mean I, I, i agree um in halloween party i think they talk about um how I mean, there are shades because they talk about how Rowena, like, will probably end up dead or discarded by mm. this man. Mm. Like, that she's being used. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so it isn't like it's a simple thing. There are, like, shades of, like, grey and stuff with it and mm-hmm. there are complexities. But it just felt quite... Not super well thought out, I thought. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Halloween Party is a particularly good Agatha Christie, honestly. Yeah. It was the first one I ever read. Right. I think I was just attracted... I just haven't ha- read it. I've seen the sushi. Adaptation. I happened to have it in the bookshelf and I was like attracted by the macabre kind of yeah. um, story, I think. The sushi adaptation has an action Poirot moment. Yes. Where he whacks someone with his cane. With his cane He thing. comes charging out of the night and whacks him. I mean, I don't think... I don't know if they changed things in the, the sushi, but I remember the body count was really high. I remember there was, like, people dying yeah, left, of right, and centre. Well, I think there was a bit of a subplot that involved more murders. There were loads of murders. Yeah. I did, let's, let's not get distracted by <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about Branner? Do you think he's a good Poirot? Do I think Kenneth Branner is a good Poirot? Yes, mm. I do. I think he's fine. 
Yeah, I think he's I quite I, good. I don't think he's I as good as that... David Suchet, but no, so no. what? Like that was really good, and this is fine. It probably put him second after all the ones I've seen. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah, so he gets a lot of stick for this. I don't think it's that bad, really. I also think that the Suchet has like become canon. And yeah, there's definitely some of that. With yeah, Poirot, for sure. And um, I'm always saying when we're always talking about on the podcast how much Suchet has influenced how people receive Poirot, like and and how I receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just, I, just I wouldn't say he's necessarily different. There's just a there's lot just, more to David Suchet's portrayal than there is in the books. It's just the fact is David. He really Suchet, fills in the gaps, doesn't he? David Suchet made Poirot into this complex, like three dimensional character with Mm -hmm. loads of nuance and like he seems real Mm -hmm. in a way that the character doesn't really in the book i don't think you you just don't know enough about him in the books no you don't interact he's he's a lot more of a caricature yeah you know like some characters in books especially like fun books are quite caricaturesque and he just is like he has mannerisms he has like little habits and stuff but he doesn't have like the depth that david suchet has when he plays borrow no. And he gives to Poirot. No, but I mean, Kenneth Branagh's only been doing it for three films. Yeah, so. and I think he's okay. He's definitely different. Like, he's a lot more active. He seems a bit younger in a lot of it. He's got, like, a huge moustache. Yeah. yeah, he's got grey hair as well. Yeah, he's quite different. But mm. he's not actually much different from how Poirot's described in the books. Yeah. Because he's not really described in that great detail. No. In a lot of them. I, I think he's fine. I think he does well. I hope they make another one. Yes, and what? Which one do you want to see? Um, uh, well, we've had Death on the Nile, so I don't think you'd, you'd have another sort of deserty, hot place one. Yeah, uh, I like we haven't a... just had one in England yet, so I guess one like that. Yeah, like Lord Edge Red Eyes or something. Yeah, like I'm that. always going on about Lord Edge Red Eyes, but yeah, that yeah, would like be good. High Society London would be good. Yes, you I... could you could really make that enjoyable. Yeah, I think there's loads of. Um, available one yeah or a country manor one i think there should be yeah. one in england they could do like after the funeral or something like that yeah yeah or All like good ones they could do hercule poirot's christmas they could do the christmas one because <laughs> we love that one. Oh, do you know they could do like murder in mesopotamia well they've done death on the nile yeah, I, I think know. that's a bit it's quite like... different though i know but i think one's in sort of mm. hot places with the blazing sun true true yeah yeah, I think I think a, a country house one and a glamorous one would be good. Mm-hmm, I agree. So yeah, Lord Edge Red Eyes. Lord Edge Red Eyes. Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Yes, it is a big name, and um, as we said, we thought that's ABC what it was going to be. ABC Murders. No, I don't. I, want yeah, it. I know you and I didn't like it very much, but it's a very famous People one. People like it. Um, they could do like Five Little Pigs or something like that. It would be yeah, quite yeah. a serious one, yeah. and it would be glamorous as well as being mm-hmm. a country house one. Mm-hmm. Should we give a verdict on this film? A yeah. Haunting in Venice? Right. So my verdict would be I actually enjoyed it a lot. Right. This is going to sound silly now. I've panned okay, it. Okay, go on. Go I, haven't, on. I don't want to pan it. I'm trying not yeah, to. Yeah, go on. I'm just very critical of certain aspects of it. I While I was in the cinema, I enjoyed it a lot. Because it was fun. There okay. was lots of jump scares. There was lots of things to look at. Do you know what I mean? The setting was beautiful. I'll let you finish and then I'll give my verdict. Um, so actually, and and it was funny, like it was silly. And it wasn't until the Poison Honey storyline that I really went, ugh. Because mm. until that point, I was still thinking it's going to be that she's murdered the daughter to run off with the man. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, no it would have been very plausible for her to run off with the man because yeah. she's a very attractive mother, if you don't And maybe, oh... Maybe he's got loads of money, or she's got loads of money, he wants the money. I don't know. Yeah, you know, they're in love because they're attracted to each other as possible. Yeah, and I was sort of thinking that was going to be it. Yeah, well. Do you want my verdict? I do, yes. Um, I thought it was bad. Um, You didn't even enjoy it, I didn't enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, I felt it was slow and boring and... Didn't really have much you going didn't for it. Feel I didn't enjoy the it. not really. I didn't I did, enjoy the visuals. Yeah. I thought it was really dark, and I, I couldn't was, see much. It was really dark. I I kind of felt like there was just way too much going on. I couldn't fix it myself was all on at, anything. Yeah, it was all at night. You know, I just I I didn't like it. Yeah. Sorry. What would you give it out of ten? 
three. I don't know. So I'd probably give it like five. I would or not watch six it again. Maximum. Which is a shame because I enjoyed the last one and I went in with expectations of. I thought it was going to be really good because it got like quite good reviews in yeah. some places. Yeah, but uh, we want there to be another one because uh, we're. Oh we're yeah, because we're not. It's not like we think the whole thing's like. Um, bad. No. Bad. We yeah. think it's got potential and it. it's definitely worked in the past. So. And it's nice to have one of these every couple of years. And and also they've got some really good actors for them. Each one's had really big names in it. Yes. So it's like when you go see it, you do feel like it's a big, like major event because it's like, oh, this one did have less of a major cast than the previous two. Yeah, I would it was say. all like Jamie Dornan and yeah, James Michelle Dornan. Yeoh and Tina yeah, Fey. I mean, they're they're big actors, they're big, but they're not but as they're big. Not if you think about huge. the first one, that had like you know <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer was in yeah. it. Yeah, big names. Yeah. Penelope Cruz was in it. Yeah, I mean, those those are huge names. Bigger film stars. Yeah, yeah. This was like slightly, it was like one tier down, I guess. But uh, that's not a problem per se. Yeah. Maybe they could bring back Ariadne Oliver and just treat the character properly next time. Yeah, that would be fine. I don't have a problem with her being American. I certainly don't have a problem. Why haven't they had Hastings in any of them yet? Well, this is the thing. See, this is the really big question. Where's Hastings? Where? Is and who is going to play him? Hmm. We will find out. We will leave it at that, I think. All right. Right. Um, thank you so much for listening. We've had a lovely time. Yes. Um, if you want to go see the film, like I, I enjoyed it. If James didn't, but I actually had yeah, a good time. If you're interested, if you're intrigued. Just don't expect it to be like the best horror film you've ever seen. No, it, it isn't. You know, maybe you'll come out of it thinking it was. I guess we'll leave it there. Um... If you want to follow me, you can go on Instagram. My handle is at Crime Fiction Casebook. Mm-hmm. Give us a follow and then you can find out about more episodes uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, we have you a can Ko-Fi. Also, we have a Ko-Fi. Where you can give us money. You can donate and support us to make more of these shows if you like them. It is ko-fi, so ko-fi.com slash Crime Fiction Casebook. And that's where you can go to find that. That's um, crime fiction case book all one word. Yes. Yes. And um, the other thing which we never say, which we should say, is that oh, yeah. you can subscribe to this podcast. Oh, yes. And then you will get updates when we have new episodes. Yep. You will never you can, miss an episode. If you like it, you can rate us, review us, tell everyone your friends. Yeah. Um, anyone you know who's like big into Poirot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spread us around. Spread the word. We want we want more listeners. It'll be great. Yeah. More people join the party. Cool. The Halloween party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all come full circle. I know. Okay, so I guess we'll say happy Halloween. But uh, yeah, just be careful when you're bobbing for apples that there's no one behind you. Yes. And that you're not wearing someone else's clothes. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And yes. uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.